This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, Life's a Banquet, the show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara. Horrible! Starring your hosts, me, Brent and Scott, and me, Zara Tangora. A show about chocolate and wine and bread, champagne and scandal and crackers in bed. I'm drunk! <laughs> Always. Life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet! One another? Consider it done. <laughs> oh my god, I'm. Whoa! Welcome to Life's a Banquet. <laughs> the show about the highs and lows of all things edible, spreadable, and Zara. Horrible, horrible. This is your host, Bretton Scott, and. Zara Tangora. Now, listen, if you're just joining in, if you're, uh, if you're just joining us, Breton is wearing two pairs of headphones and sunglasses. You know, it's one of those days in New York City. It's in the middle of June. It's not even officially summer yet. And it is raining. And if you recall last week, we did our episode. Was that water? Yeah, yes. That was the water uh, sode. Water sode. Well, listen, we have moved on, sort of. Uh, Zara, tell me about your week. Oh, good Lord. I don't even remember. Oh, I had a Tangora family reunion. Oh, my Tons God. of Tangoras. Tango, tons of tangoras. Whatever <laughs> did you? What? Who cooked? Did you? Did you organize the whole thing? Oh no, I did not. Actually, my lovely, uh, I guess she'd be my second cousin, Joanne Tangora or Joanne DeChico, as she now is known, um, uh, had the whole thing at her house. And okay. It was so lovely. My brother came. So any of you listeners out there who don't know, I actually have a long lost brother who I found out yeah. existed after my dad died. His name is Brad. I love him so much. Discovered by the obituary, right? Discovered via obit. Um, he's wonderful. He came in and I won't go through my whole family history, but there was Tangoras. There were Smiths. There was all kinds of amazing people. Joanne Tangora provided most of the food. Bobby made Spanakopita, and I took a page from the old Bretton Scott handbook. Wait, what did you? What? <laughs> I brought a, a bag of frozen vegetables. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did you freeze them with the dip inside? Like, <laughs> No. Um, I tried making your strawberry cake that oh you told God. me about. That was yeah. a Stella Parks recipe. I, yeah. So how did it turn out? Well, let me tell you. Okay. So, See, I never actually made it. So that's all. I was like, wait, you took my cremation, but I never made it. But that's what, But Okay. Picture it. Okay. I am psyched on making a cake. I go to TJ's. Yep. I buy some freeze-dried freeze strawberries. Dry, yep. I come home. I'm getting into it. I have the car double park for street cleaning. Pour them in the food processor. Yep. Chop them all up. I'm like, this is going to be so dope. Yeah, you're, it's, it smells so oh, good, right? When you pour the powder. Amazing. You like, it's like the new the, like chef lover's cocaine. I would absolutely do a line of powdered strawberries. And actually, yeah. I brought some with me today. Yeah. So I <laughs> open. really weird because I just did a line of it. Yeah. <laughs> I open up my food processor and I didn't realize that there were silica packets inside <gasps> and I ground them into the strawberries. So you pulled an actual Breton. I completely, <laughs> I full Bretoned and then my hair turned blonde. Now, hold on a second. If you really pulled a Breton, be like, well, little silica never hurt anybody. That's like exactly what I was thinking. I immediately took to Google and I said, will silica kill you? It won't. Like but it will dry you out. So everyone would have just yeah, had like, can't, pe- can't you eat? So sil- isn't there something sure. about silica? Pel- Maybe I'm making it's that up. It's not poisonous, but it would have made everyone's mouth extremely dry. So I, Oh my God. And then you could serve them more cocktails and they get, what- right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I would just keep selling them and selling them, selling so them. So the next time either one of us open a bar or restaurant, make sure to uh, <laughs> lace our, our bar peanuts with silica. <laughs> but, Oh my God. Like, no, I have to have, and it's like water won't do it. You have like, I need 
another <laughs> martini. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Oh my God. Um, so anyway, I, I brought it back to TJ's. They were very nice. I remade it. But the moral of the story is, is that it was absolutely delicious. It had so much strawberry flavor. I love flavor. Trader Joe's. They're like, you made a mistake. No problem. Yeah, they're so friendly and crunchy there. They're they're great. Um, they also helped me do my taxes. So anyway, I made a strawberry cream cheese frosting to go along with it. And it was really good. And I, I highly recommend it. I saw a picture of it. And it looked yeah. fluffy and pink. I owe it all to you. Thank you so much. What did you make? What was your week all about? Well, okay. So I made... Finally assembled my tiramisu. Ooh. Uh, so for those of you who don't, if you don't re- recall that we had a, a guest, Dana Cowan, mm-hmm. on the show a few months ago, and, or a couple months ago, and she had come over to her house, and Zara taught both of us how to make her famous tiramisu with amaretto crunchy cookies, which mm-hmm. are the amaretti cookies. They're made not from, well, they're technically made from the kernel of the apricot, right? That's the uh, yeah. flavor. Mm-hmm. It's like this almond. They actually take inside the kernel of an apricot. You can do it. I've done it in the summer. Uh, you have? Yeah, yeah. You of take, course you have. You crack open. Use a nutcracker, and you crack open an apricot kernel, and inside is a tiny little nut, and it Ooh. tastes like almond. You're like, wait a second. It oh. is true, and I think of that apricot scrub from St. Ives. Uh uh-huh. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. That takes me back to eighth grade. Oh, I've... You know that I've religiously used that every day of my life. Is that your secret? I had to, I stopped using it four months ago, and I can tell, actually, that I'm a little dull looking. Yeah, you do look about five or ten years older today. Yeah, so, well, yeah. So wait till tomorrow. I'm going to go to Target. <laughs> and don't get the Target brand. Anyway, so these <laughs> freaking almonds. So I made a, this. I made my own ladyfingers. Okay. Is it worth it? Mm, no. No, it's not worth it to make your own, but is it fun? Yeah. <laughs> I like making stuff. If you're a baker sure. and you're like, I, lo- I want to make ladyfingers, people are like, well, it takes too much time. I'm like, but to me, that time is, that's fun. I like to, so I did a one bowl method where you temper the egg yolks. Stella Parks again. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of obsessed with her, but uh, you temper the egg yolks over a boiling or, you know, simmering water bath over mm-hmm. a banry, and then you whip everything together and it gets really puffy. You know, you mm. whip the egg yolks and the egg whites together so you don't do them separately. Sure. And really, it was a wonderful batter and... I assembled the entire tiramisu in 11 minutes. Oh, that's very After fast. I'd already made the cookies, I was like, I don't want to make this. I don't feel like doing it. I had two mixers going at the KitchenAid stand mixer and the hand mixer at the same time. Egg whites in one. I did use whipped cream. I know it's traditional, but it's better. I use Agreed. whipped cream. Agreed. It's Absolutely. not traditional, they say, like, but... Ah, fangul aramamra. Why would you... Like, that's probably because they didn't have enough cream. Like, they couldn't... So... Yeah. In, n- we have it now. Fuck it. Yeah. Whipped cream is better in tiramisu. Um, I did. I made my own coffee really quickly in the stovetop espresso maker. How do you do it? <laughs> I just whipped it together real fast. I put on the timer. That's why do you think? Is I put on a timer. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just be like, how fast can I get this done Perfect. without being completely sloppy? Challenge yourself. And you know what? Something like tiramisu. I was pretty darn sloppy when I was putting. You know, you watch on Instagram and YouTube, and there's some like. 27 year old mm-hmm. that's like I spent four hours making <laughs> like diagonal rows of thing and I was like girl I'm sorry no do you remember what happened when we made our tiramisu with Dana and we made it in a thing that was too large and we wanted to put it in a smaller thing I just slapped the we whole thing we slapped it all the, and you wait 24 hours and you go the next day and it cuts into the most beautiful square it was amazing and it's delicious and is there anything better than tiramisu no I don't think there is I not a thing it, to me, it's like that I'm starting to simplify my life, right? It's like I only eat Caesar salads, p- slices, pizza, good, good old fashioned pizza pies, and tiramisu. Sounds like a, you want to be a tangora. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. That I sounds mean, amazing. I work, you know, I really worked this week and I, I've been cooking 
12 hour shifts and it is exhausting. Yeah. I forgot. Being on your feet, schlepping. I've been doing the fryer and the and the flat top grill. Oh boy. First of all, I'm drinking core. I think I've lost some weight. Yeah, you look great. And I just, it's so, you're so thirsty and I'm so tired. That next morning when you wake up after a 12, 13 hour shift and you're like, yeah. How do, how do people do it? I used to work like 15 or 16 hour days, I like know. every day in a row on the line. It's absolutely soul crushing, but also so fun. Do you tell a lot of dirty jokes in there? Yeah. And you know what's so funny is I notice as I start cooking, I start to get more inappropriate. And I now, oh, yeah. like, you can't say anything because of their new rules of life. Yeah. Like, oh, don't, like, I can't even say anything about myself. They're like, mm, you're offending yourself. Yeah. I'm like, I know, but I usually talk to myself like that. Like, <laughs> don't talk about your yeah. penis that way to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, you are now referred to as a they, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. I'm just like, I have to be careful because there's all kinds of diverse people. Sure, which is I, great. It is great. I but just, it isn't great for humor. Not for humor. Great for people's feelings. Like, does Andrew Dice Clay, what does he do now? Well, Andrew Dice Clay has uh, dug a hole to the center of the earth, and that's where he lives. Although that whole thing with Andrew Dice Clay, that was an act. You know, his it was persona an was act. an act. I think that... Uh, as I watch Cheers, which I've been doing for mm. what feels like the past six or seven years now. I was going to say the past six Every or seven single decades. day, I can't get over, I just can't finish watching Cheers. It's like a never ending, it's like one of those uh, handkerchiefs a clown pulls out of its mouth. <laughs> it's it's like, like, when will this fucking thing end? Yeah. Um, and you know, it's so backwards and bad and like the jokes are so off color and inappropriate, but for that time it was progressive and you know, time marches forward and. We try to get better, and I watched the the John Waters nineteen eighty nine Harris or whatever it was eighty eight Hairspray Hairspray the it best is so racist, but I mean they make fun yeah. of kind of everybody. Well, yeah, it was a it was speaking it was a, about racism it speaking, and but segregation. I, it was crazy, yeah. and of course John Waters is the best person He's ever. The best. I don't. I was. I thought. Can you even say some of these things even on film now? If you're John Waters, because you're in on the joke. You yeah, you are exactly. a friend to everyone. You know what I mean. You are everything alt basically as John Waters. Yeah, he, so he's you can the say alt, anything. Alt. Correct. Um, but yeah, I I don't know kitchen humor. I, that's actually something I was talking about with Stephen the other day. We were talking about kitchen humor and how. You know, there's a ruggedness and a violence to kitchens that I think certain people who work in them really appreciate. And also, they should be better and not such a temperamental mm-hmm. place because not everybody likes it. So, we should definitely talk about that more in depth, I think, on a. Yeah, and I noticed uh, one other thing that happened to me this week is I noticed I started to lose my faith a little bit in humanity really quickly when yeah. you're staring at. I was like, on Friday night, <laughs> at one point, I go, look at all these people just going out to eat. <laughs> and I was like, why am I mad at them? And Slobs. And my. <laughs> I was just like, well, oh, look at him just sitting at the bar ordering food and drinks. Like, who, who do they think they are? You're like the cook in Wet Hot American Summer. I don't know what happened. I was just so hot. And suddenly I like came to, I was like, oh my God, wait, I like to sit at the bar and eat a drink. So yeah. I should be nice too. It's great. It it's, just suddenly, yeah. you, it's long hours. And I thought this whole restaurant system is messed up. The way that we get Crazy. paid. Yep. You know, I've done all sides of restaurant. I think you have too. We've I've bartended, mm-hmm. busboy, dishwash owned a restaurant you know yeah waited tables chef been a chef you're going line backwards pick. now what you're going, I'm backwards. going backwards i actually kind of want to just be a dish i was like I you would, know, if i just go in yeah i want to be a prep cook i, I would like, love to be a prep cook or a line cook put on my podcast chop cases you know i ripped open your a, own podcast i i attacked this case of cauliflower i was like grabbed it with my hands and i had to like you know it's for frying and i just busted i was like how fast can i bust down one case of cauliflower yeah and the answer is in like seven minutes pretty fast my thumbs were sore really oh i was ripping it 
Well, you know what? One other food thing that I did. Perfectly. I went to <laughs> Bamonte's and had their mussels marinara, which I haven't had in a while. And they were oh. some of the most delicious mussels in the most. I know that Bamonte's has some hits or misses. Mm. I will tell you something right now. Go in, sit at the bar, have a finger stirred Negroni, and Run, a plate of mussels. Wa- <laughs> Run. Don't walk to Bamonte's. <laughs> have a finger stirred martini. <laughs> And the muscles. Roll. Roll. Don't, don't talk. So yeah, they were great. And that brings me to our topic this week, which is f- muscles. Muscles. I'm flexing. If you guys were here, you'd see my gigantic muscles. Right, Brett? And look at this one. Muscles. Yeah. <laughs> Definition. Pumping iron. Have you ever seen Pumping Iron 2? Oh. Remember the women's? Oh, with the talk? women's one? No, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Highly recommend. Speaking of muscles. Yeah. Muscles. What are they? What is a muscle? You tell me. Hold on. A- audience. Yes. Uh, what do you think? Right now, Colin, hello. What Do you know what a muscle is besides a bivalve? It's a bivalve. Yeah, it's a rock full of snot. It's a rock full of snot. Some people say it looks like a vagina. Some oh, people yeah. say it looks like a an alien pod. I don't know. But So muscles are a bivalve, which means it has two valves. It, does it even have a brain? Is it alive? I think it is. Who cares? So here's a little fun f- muscle fact. Okay. Do you know how they grow muscles? Or rather, do we know how we har- how we get them? How? Well, okay. Funny thing you should ask. Uh, <laughs> muscles are, they're spawn. So they have a little like baby spawn, like muscle eggs or whatever. And they mm-hmm. float through the water and they attach to something. You could even harvest your own if you live near the ocean. You could put an old rope Ooh. hanging next to a buoy. And then they take the muscles. They start to grow over a few months. And they get a little bit bigger until they, they said about the size of half of your thumb. Okay. Little baby. Baby. muscles. And then they put them in what's called a sock, right? And so there's like rope-grown muscles, and they put them in a sock, and it's a mesh thing. And then it's mesh so they can, they're big enough, and they can move themselves. Even though they're attached, they use these little like kind of tentacly things to attach themselves. You know, like you have to pull off a muscle. And they can slowly move each of their legs and slowly move where they're attached to. I didn't know that. I what thought once the they hell? attached, they were just stuck there like a barnacle. Yeah, yeah, of course. We all thought that. We all thought that. So then, of course, after that, they grow together and they kind of size up the muscles because they don't want baby muscles competing with larger or stronger muscles. And then oh. they kind of grow the same thing. And and then, of course, we harvest them. We slaughter their poor little muscle feet and we take them apart and shove them into boiling water or white wine. Are their feet also their beard? Um, you know, you would think somebody like me would know that. Yeah. And the answer is I'm not sure. Do women <laughs> muscles and male muscles both have beards? That's a very good question. Or do I, the women shave their beards? I know that the gay ones usually have a beard. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. They're like, girl, we're going to hairspray tonight. So muscles, they're great, right? And yeah. what else was I going to say? Unless you're allergic to them. But yeah, tell me what, tell me what. What do you feel? What's your thought on muscles? Well, I think they're disgusting. No, I'm just kidding. I love muscles. I think they're amazing. Uh, they're, they were always around when I was growing up because I'm from a coastal area. So You're a coastal are, person. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, you know, uh, around them a lot in my normal life. I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm a deep sea uh, fisherman. No, I, I love muscles. They're great. They're they black. They're wonderful. They're there green. are... The, yeah, black, green, there's those New Zealand, what are they, like New Zealand? New Zealand muscles. New Zealand muscles, those are with green. They have mm-hmm. freshwater muscles. Yeah. You know, you're going to talk about oh, that Oh, I'm going to talk right? all about freshwater muscles. Well, should we take a break now? Or sure. Or is it a little early? Ah, fuck it. Let's take a break. Listen, I want you to hear these messages. Yeah. So After messages. these messages, we'll be right back. Da-da-da. 
Hey, this is Ara Tangora. And Bretton Scott. We're the hosts of Life's Banquet Podcast on Heritage Radio Network. It's amazing to see and hear the unparalleled content that comes from our community, even with limited financial resources. And they've been doing it for 10 years. The HRN staff and hosts make it look so easy, but making the best food radio out there is hard work. I'm so excited to be part of Heritage Radio Network, and we invite you to join us in making sure that our second decade HRN is stronger than ever. Become a member today! Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate right now! You can even show your support for our show by selecting Life's a Banquet in the designation drop-down on the menu. Thanks for listening to HRN. Bye. My name is Brandon Boy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Well, well, welcome back to the after these messages. I'm all clammed up. I'm all clammed up. <clears throat> so we're talking about muscles. The muscle sewed. Breton, I have a joke for you. Oh, I love this jokes. Become, this has become my thing. Okay, so a muscle walks into the bar. The bartender says, what are you doing here? And the muscles, uh, the muscle says, I'm a bouncer. And the bartender goes, good, we need some muscles around here. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's funny because we know that they're a muscle, but the bartender... Right. The bartender wasn't aware of his own pun yet. Okay. So I'm going to take you to the year 1980. Picture it. Unfortunately, John Lennon is shot in front of the Dakota and dies. The popular video arcade game Pac-Man is released. Ronald Reagan is elected as president of the United States, and so begins the decline of the world. And the killer clown John Wayne Gacy was sentenced to death for the murder of 33 boys. A VHS home movie camera cost $1,599. I think we still I think we still have it. Isn't a VHS camera like 150 bucks now? Why is it so expensive? I don't think they make them, and I bet you could get them on eBay for cheaper. I mean, that to me, I was looking at the prices of all things in 1980. It was like ground beef, like three cents a pound, and a VHS home camcorder was like $16. How much was a gallon of gas? I bet probably free. So, it was also the year that Pulling Muscles from the Shell, this hit song by The Squeeze, was released. And did you know that the song is written about a sexual experience at their holiday camp? Because Pulling Muscles from a Shell means having sex in the UK. Because, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Is that because of the way that the muscle looks? Like Probably. Yeah, it looks like a pussy. You pull it from the shell. That seems it, so You graphic. would think it would be putting a muscle in the shell. Yeah, or right? sticking like pulling it from the shell, sticking your finger in the muscle right. inside the shell, eating muscles out of a pot or something. Yeah, like don't like pull the muscle out all the way. Dipping your bread in the muscle yeah. broth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a little wordy. Dipping Taking your French fry and shoving it into the muscle. <laughs> if you're having mufri. <laughs> anyway, that's a good song. You guys should listen to it. So the common named muscle, the common name muscle, is also used for many freshwater bivalves, including freshwater pearl, pearl mussels. That's right. Because as we learned in our clam episode, uh, pearls can exist in uh, not only oysters, but clams and mussels. And uh, these, and m- most mussels inhabit different creeks and some salt water and fresh water. Uh, and those are delicious. We eat them. They're blue mussels typically are the ones we mm-hmm. eat. There's bouchot mussels, 
They're uh, farmed a lot of the time. People generally love mussels. They draw to clean the water. I was reading about how similarly with oysters, if we started having more mussel farms in the wild, we could be cleaning our water supply. We, yeah, right, because they just filter. Yeah. Those bivalves just filter something crazy, like hundreds of gallons. Hundreds. I think it's 62 gallons, if I remember correctly, per day. Something. It, That's it's probably a, wrong. It's a surprising amount. It's like really, how- it really is. So there's a lot that mussels can do positively for our ecosystem. However, there's a different kind of freshwater Uh-oh. mussel out there. A parasite, a pest, a plague on humanity. Is. It's called the zebra, zebra mussel. mussel. And zebra mussels uh, are not, uh, what do they call it? They call it a, uh, I can't remember. It's like one of those species that comes in and like, like an infectious species or you whatever. An imposter? An invasive. God damn it, Matt. The voice of God, an invasive species. An invasive. So they're originally like- from Russia, and much like the Russians have hacked our elections, so has the zebra mussel hacked our, our rivers gr- and lakes. Our great lakes. Yes. They the- came, when I was in, in growing up in Wisconsin, Lake Michigan, they had a, the zebra mussel the zebra mussel infestation, and we couldn't go in the water. And it, Did they leech onto you or something? They, no, they just destroyed everything, and they, they just- went in all kinds of... Um, pipes and stuff and they would uh, mess up they they cost uh the local businesses uh congressional researchers have estimated that zebra mussels had cost businesses during the 1980s um five billion dollars in their initial invasion um and they cost power companies alone over three billion and uh, i love how they were trying to scare us in texas with the killer bees but meanwhile the mussels were running our water supply yeah mussels are our real enemy um Yeah, terrible. So in I, don't feel, I don't feel bad about all-you-can-eat mussels anymore. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, you have to eat as many as you can before waiter, they ha- win. Yes, I'll try the mustard cream sauce ones this time. <laughs> Thank you. And the marinara. And the... Mon- what do you call it? Marinade? Marinade? Yeah, marinade. yeah, yeah. Mussels marinade. Marinade. So anyway, mussels are evil. Uh, zebra mussels, that is. In Austin, this past year, 2019, the year of our Lord, uh, residents had noticed that their water started to smell, quote, like septic or toilet water. Oh, no. The water smells like rotten trash when I attempted to shower and brush my teeth, says one local Austin resident. Also, and zebra because zebra mussels had gone into the pipes and died and made the uh, water in the entire city smell like rotten, grim death. Okay. For any of you cooks out there or people that have actually cooked mussels, whether you're a cook or not, you've had a bad mussel, right? Mm-hmm. You know what that smell is? And it it only takes one, right? It only takes one oh, bad yeah. apple. And it... And you lift open the pot and you think, and you've got one bad muscle and you've got to throw it all. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's really bad. Or that time you were saying that you, remember you and Preston had muscles one time? I think it was when I was living at your apartment and you guys had made muscles and I came home and you're like, the muscles we made were full of tiny crap, like spiders or something, right? My goodness. And you just kept eating them. (laughs) Okay. So here's a wonderful story. I was very into mussels, and they're very inexpensive. We'll talk later about Mm -hmm. preparation and how you can start cooking them if you haven't yet. But I had bought some mussels, and I thought, what a great deal. And they're very plump and juicy. And I had a couple crunches, Mm. right? And I'm I'm eating them. I go, oh, I must have, you know, sometimes you you open it up and a little piece of the shell falls in. I was like, sand. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a sea creature. Yeah, sure is. So I thought nothing of it. One little crunch, second little crunch. And suddenly I'm like, God, these shells it must just, there must have been a muscle that like completely disintegrated and like all the <laughs> shell went into every single muscle bite. And suddenly I look inside that muscle and there are tiny, tiny, like the size of a pea or smaller. 
Yeah. I don't know. In between a pea and a... <laughs> I don't know. A black-eyed pea. And a black-eyed pea, exactly. <laughs> and a sesame seed. And there's little crabs. Crabs. And I mean, there are spiders. They look like spiders. And there's a few of them. And one or no, there's one in each little muscle. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I have been eating. I don't know why I keep saying, oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my goodness, this My goodness gracious, I have been eating these spiders. I'm going to get sick. <laughs> They're going to infest. It's. I'm eating lice. I'm getting bit by like the deer ticks of muscles. <laughs> Of course, I immediately run to the internet. I ran to the internet. After you finished eating the yeah, I was like, pot of mussels. I was like, well, they do provide a nice texture. <laughs> it turns out that they're not harmful at all, and that some countries, in Asia specifically, the Chinese can take those little spider crabs out and sell them separately, and they're a delicacy. Oh, wow. So then suddenly it like changed. I was like, oh, of course, I've been eating the fanciest <laughs> mussels. I didn't like it. It okay. kind of weirded me out just because I'm not used to it. Sure. Call me like a, you know, I'm a little Midwestern little white boy. I'm, mm-hmm. af- I'm afraid of something sometimes. That's surprising to me. I know. Well, you're going to be afraid of this too. So, have you ever heard tales of things falling from the sky? Different animals and stuff, like a plague of it raining, for instance, frogs, which would be my absolute worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> little, little backstory about... Uh, raining uh, about the skies raining different animals in mm-hmm. the third century ancient greek uh f- f- philosopher and writer um athenius wrote uh, in his work the book of diastaphanes whatever something i can't pronounce in greek blah 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 not important um it has they say before now rained frogs and so great has been the number of these frogs that houses and roads have been full of them and at first for some days the inhabitants endeavoring to kill them and shutting up their houses enduring the pests when they did not look when they did not go but they found their vessels were filled with them and frogs were found to be boiled up and roasted and everything they ate and besides all of this they could not make any use of water nor put their feet on the ground because there were heaps of frogs everywhere and also annoyed by the smell because they died and so everyone had to flee the country now is crazy yes so in the same vein in the year 19 uh in the year 1892 in paderborn germany the residents have described seeing a thick yellow cloud approach their town and uh as it did muscles thousands and millions of muscles started pouring from the sky during a rainstorm that I still don't understand. Well, basically, I they mean, say yeah. about things falling from the sky, such as frogs or mussels, that it could be that um, they get swept up in like a tornado and then they just like rain down. Like a tornado goes over a pond or something and then it rains down. Wow. Um, and then another little thing I wanted to mention about mussels is that we all know America's sweetheart, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, mm. uh, aka. Yeah. The Mussels from I Brussels. I thought you were going to say Jennifer Aniston. Oh, yeah. Well, her too. Uh, Mussels from Brussels. Uh, he was from Brussels. He was born October 18th, 1960. He's a Libra. Oh, Thank nice. goodness. But Brussels loves mussels. Mm-hmm. And that mussels, Mules Frit, is really from Brussels. Mm-hmm. The people in Brussels love mussels. They love their french fries, as we all know. Even though it was popular in France, it was really uh, originated in Belgium. And then they also have a very interesting dish that I'd never heard of, and I wonder if you had. Have you mm. been to Brussels? Yeah, I have. Have you? I went have to you, Brussels. Have you ever had a dish called Mules Parquet? No. Or parked mussels? No, I haven't. So it's a, a lesser known but really popular dish amongst people who are really from Brussels, and they can tell that people are not from there if they don't like it. So Mules Parquet actually means like, they're basically, they call it that because it looks like they're parked next to each other because they're all clam- crammed on a plate. They're mussels on the half shell. Yes. Raw mussels. And they're served with a mustard vinaigrette. 
Oh my gosh. A Sounds mus- fabulous. To mussels me. on a half shell with a mustard vinaigrette. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I was right about this with uh, the mussels. They filter up to 65 liters of water a day. Oh, 65 liters divided by, okay, so that's like one-fourth that, so like 20 gallons. Yeah, and one last thing. A mussel's arch enemy is the dog whelk, which bores a hole through its shell and sucks out the soft parts. That is I've, absolutely insane. I've had that happen to me a lot of times in my life, I must say, by every man I've ever dated. Well, how about this? So I read something that there is this wonderful dish, uh, and I can't remember where it is. It's, I think, somewhere in France, and they take all these mussels, and they line them up on the, so the, the flip side, like the little hinge side is facing down or facing up. Okay. And the opening of the shell is facing down. And then they lay a bed of pine needles oh, yeah. over this, right? This, I was reading about that. Yeah. There's this really famous kind of mussels dish and I've never had it. And I kind of want to try making it. Make Yeah. You basically, it's almost like you take a giant pot. I mean, I'm sure you could lay it however you want, but you pile up all these mussels together, much like you would like a clam bake, right? Mm-hmm. And then you put it in a vessel, in a large vessel. You could do this probably in like a large rondo, large Ooh. pot. And you cover it with pine needles. You light it on fire, and the pine needles just kind of, you know, yeah. instantly disintegrate, and the heat cooks them. That's so cool. And then infuses them with their wonderful pine flavor. So fabulous. I was reading about that. They do that on, there's like an island off the coast of western France, where okay, that's very that's, popular. Yeah, that's where it is. Now, you were talking about Brussels mussels, and did you sure know was. that most of the mussels are harvested off the Dutch coast, uh, the Dutch part? It's called Zeeland. Mm-hmm. Zeeland, actually, is how it's pronounced. I did know that, Zeeland, actually. Zeeland, yeah. So they have <laughs> all these, they have wonderful oyster, uh, sustainable seafood beds, right? Mm-hmm. The Dutch were marine masters. They Their oysters are fabulous. They knew how to take these wonderful tributaries and salt water and, uh, and everything and make them sustainable and not pollute them, like... New York and America. Right. So that's pretty cool. They were like, oh, was this a Brussels dish or, or, you know, a Belgian dish or was this uh, a dish from the Netherlands? Oh, cool. But I'm sure it was a little back and forth during certain times of war. Their countries are so close. It's, uh, (laughs) you think you can drive across all of the Netherlands and be in Brussels in an hour. That's cool. So I'd be like, oh, well, we invented it, but it's actually from Rhinebeck. Yeah, that's a great Dutch accent also. Which one? The, oh, yeah. Well, we like invented it, but like whatever, Belgium. Yeah, that's exactly how the Dutch speak. <laughs> and if you ever go to Netherlands, you'll find... I can Everyone's just, a shitty bro, like a frat bro. If you kind of picture the Dutch... <laughs> that's There's what it, a like, word in Dutch called um, a cocker. And uh-huh. a cocker is a person... A cocker is one of those guys that you see when you're driving somewhere in the East Coast on a road trip, like Nantucket, and he has salmon-colored pants. Uh-huh. And a blazer, a, like a, a linen blazer. Sure. And maybe some parasol sunglasses. Kind of like, like Kevin Costner in Bull Durham. Something like that, exactly. Yeah. That's a cocker. No, oh, well, I, I would take a cocker, a cocker from Costner. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Costner. Call me. Okay, so there's this other fabulous dish, and it's a fried mussel. <gasps> I was reading about that in Greece and Iran and Egypt, and they just, I don't know, you take a mussel and you fry it and i thought that sounded delicious well, go on i, I want to hear more about this so you fry do you batter it you well i haven't made it but i'm assuming you just take the mussel out of the shell okay right and you fry it like you would um i guess kind of like how you would fry whole belly clams okay so like right? a light batter and mm-hmm. then a fry that sounds you know i don't think we're inventive enough with mussels i th- i mean i love the stuff that like I have had with mussels, like steamed mussels and all kinds of different sauces. But yes. talking about like raw mussels on the half shell and talking about all kinds fried of fried mussels, we need to be marinated mussels. You could yeah. chill them. You could make a mussels escabeche, mm. which is, I guess, pretty, pretty mm-hmm. well known, right? Well, yep. 
I want to say we should save our fave muscles for later. Exactly. We haven't we haven't gone through that yet. Okay. So of course, and everybody is famous, famous dish, famous dish, which is called (laughs) muscles frites. So muscles frites, right? Which we were just talking about, is simply muscles cooked in some type of white wine or beer or something in a pot. And then it's served with French fries. Yeah. And there's different preparations, you know, right? You can, there's a classic white wine sauce, right? Mm. Uh, what else? What's the other one? There's like a mustard sauce. Red wine, white wine, champagne, bourbon, tequila. Bourbon, tequila. There was this. Curry. There was a restaurant in Chicago years ago, and they used to do these mussels in a cast iron pan with these Moroccan spices, tons of smoked paprika. Ooh. And they dry cook them. And they would wow. char the <gasps> the coup diddlies out of How them. fabulous. So what are, in our chef recommends, what are some of your tips for doing muscles at home? All right, folks, listen, you think you want to have one of those fun outdoor parties. You want to surprise your guests. Maybe you're not the most adventurous cook or you think, mm, gosh, I don't really cook seafood. Mm-hmm. It is intimidating for some reason when you think of seafood. We're worried about A, safety, the freshness of that. Listen, find a good purveyor and ask when they get the muscles in and where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. And obviously we live in the East Coast, so it's really nice and in terms of times of year, they're harvested. A lot of the mussels will come from Canada, from Prince Edward Island, mm. and they're generally harvested in the spring, summer. But they kind of go all th- from fall till April. There was that old saying: "Don't e- or only eat mussels in months that end with an R." What? Didn't you ever hear that? Only eat oysters that in December, September. I don't know. So there's something about that. You That's- know what? I just thought to myself honestly. I was like, what? Months end with an R. I thought it was like a joke. September, yeah, October, no, I mean. November, December. There's <laughs> yeah. not that many. So, <laughs> and Juner. Uh, <laughs> Mayor. Yeah. But uh, that is not true. You can have muscles. So, muscles are, in fact, one of the easiest things that you can make. It's true. I'm not kidding you. And if you get them cleaned, so sometimes they have the beard on them. Mm-hmm. And what that refers to is their little thing that they... It's a little, looks like a little seaweed strand, right? Yeah, it looks like a little uh, merkin. And a little merkin. A vagina wing. And you can, uh, like, you just grab it with your finger and you just pull it out. Goodbye. Yep, goodbye, little stringy, <laughs> weird, like, it doesn't, it's, you just, it's actually kind of fun. It is, it's okay. And, like, sometimes it doesn't come off and then you feel like you're destroying the whole thing inside and it's, it's like fine. the muscles pulling one end and you're pulling the other end. I always thought that's a really good job for children because they have such tiny hands. Yes, exactly. So put your children to work. <laughs> And get those, I mean, listen, a pound of mussels you can get as low as like four bucks. Oh, I got yeah. the most delicious mussels from Mermaid Fish Garden. Oh, Is that yeah. What it's called? Mermaid's, Mermaid's Garden. I don't know if they were Bang Island mussels or somewhere in Maine, but they were delicious. I got mm-hmm. them last week. They were the plumpest, most delicious, yeah. most flavorful mussels, and they had already cleaned them. They were $6.20 for a pound. It's great. That, yield, that was a plenty for two people. Yeah. And all I did was put some white wine and garlic and put them, and you cover them with a pot for, what, seven minutes? Yeah, it depends. If you want them a little longer. Like, you almost can't really overcook them, Yeah, right? you can't really. They're hard to over. They're harder to overcook than, like, a clam. Yeah. So, okay, this brings us to our top three. Oh, yeah, so our top... Well, I actually, before we do that, yes. I have some things I want to suggest with well, muscles, though. Well, I've been waiting. <laughs> So for my chef recommends tip, before I tell you my most favorite muscle things, <sighs> is I want to talk about how, okay, so I feel the same way about clams when it comes to doing pasta mm-hmm. um, with mm. muscles, which I love. Mm. Um, spaghetti uh, spaghetti al cozy. They call it like cose, I think, in um, Italian. Okay. Uh, pardon my Italian. Oh. Um, 
I like to steam them before yes, and, and then take- toss them in because I don't love, and I'm a very, like, not afraid to be a mess eater, not afraid to get my hands dirty. There's nothing better I like than cracking right into a raw pig and just biting it in the back of the neck. But I don't like dipping well, my fingers into, I don't like dipping my fingers into, like, pasta and then, like, trying to make a bite. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have Trying no- to pull out the shell is what you're referring to, right? Right, exactly. Like, I have no problem eating mussels, you know, pulling mussels from a shell, if you know what I mean. Hello, um, as we know what that means now. Exactly, but not when it has to do with pasta. So anyway, my tip for mussels with pasta, use them together, especially if you have a shape like a Metsy Pockery or something. Steam them ahead of time, save the liquid, strain it, get the sand out, save your mussels on the side, use your... Uh, Beautiful broth. Hold on, I'm writing this down. <laughs> Strain. Yeah. Sand. What did you say about the sand? <laughs> well, you put the sand in. Uh, no, but this way you like get to make the whole thing. You don't have sand. You don't have bits of shell. You don't have to like dip your fingers into blazing hot exactly. pasta. It's great. So that's my chef recommends tip. Um, okay, now down to top three. Would you like to go first? Okay, my top three. I mean, we're going to not, I'm not going to say the obvious, which is mussels, well, yeah, I will say that. Say obvious. whatever you want. Fine, I can do whatever I want. My name is Bretton Scott. Screw <laughs> everybody. Everybody, screw you. Don't, you don't like me. Turn me off. Oh, hello? <laughs> hello, mom. Are you still there? So, mussels. I do love a mustard cream sauce. I know this is the second or third time I've mentioned this in the last 20 minutes. But, per no? Uh, yeah, that's correct too. But I just, you cook the mussels and you add a little white wine. You could add sherry. You could add beer, whatever, and you pour some heavy cream into it and some mustard. Why wouldn't that be so delicious? Yeah, it's good. Right? And you serve that over some toasted, grilled, delicious, like a Pugliese loaf, right? And you slice mm. that and you toast it and you rub the garlic on and you make a true crostini and drizzle all the oil and then you pour your creamy, mustardy mussels, creamy, mustardy mussels over that. Tell Yum. me that is not number three. Number two. <laughs> mm. Not to be confused <laughs> with number one. Very different movements. <laughs> Uh, but number two, I would probably say, mm, I'm going to go ahead and just say linguine with mussels. Oh, so you're on board. Now, do you like the shell or do you not like the shell? Here's the deal. Okay. It does look really nice. It looks great. This reminds me when I was in the South of France and I, for my 40th birthday and I was on just like some place in Nice. I was in Nice and I just stopped at a random place. They have outdoor seating. I don't care. It looks good. The waiter was nice. The beer was cold. Perfect. And I had the most delectable, divine, delicious mm. uh, delight. Oh, sorry. That was, <laughs> I copied her lyrics. But, but plate of linguine with mussels. It was mm. so wonderful. Delicious. And then finally, my number one. Oh, my gosh. You know, I guess I'm, I do like a raw mussel. Have you ever had like at a Japanese yeah. restaurant that was raw with like the little quail egg? Mm-hmm. A muscle shooter, and it is when you get Delicious. a fresh muscle, it is fabulous. Delicious, Zara. I'm gonna blow your mind right now. I'm gonna bring it to a place that you might have not been expecting me to. Oh Number three, paella. I realize that oh, it's not all about muscles, no, but it's heavily featuring muscles. Heavily featuring. Heavily featuring muscles. In the shell. Pulling muscles from yep. a shell. Mm-hmm. Putting your penis in the paella. <laughs> Um, so People I was have done that before. <laughs> I was reading about paella. I was actually going to do it for my story, but there wasn't quite as much of an interesting story to it as I had wanted there to be. Um, originally, paella was made though with rabbit and snails, and, and not really mussels. But modern day paella leans heavily on our favorite 
sneaky evil bivalve, the muscle. Uh, the muscle. Um, my number two mm. is, well, you mentioned it love. before, muscles escabeche. Yep. Which is a classic dish from Spain. Uh, or no, Puerto Rico? Mm, Portugal. Portugal. I think Portugal, right? It's like escabeche. Escabeche has a lot. They do a lot of it in Puerto it. Rico. Whatever. So They we'll do it in do, South America. They do it everywhere. We'll do an escabeche episode down the line. But one of my favorite restaurants in the city, um, end of all time, and Estella. And just to tell her, that's, it's almost like a vinegar, right? You would use like a white wine vinegar. Exactly. So you use vinegar, onions, usually peppers. Those are kind it's of the staples. It's a more sour preparation. It's a sweet and sour. It's sweet almost sour. like an agrodolce, but there you, go. you know, definitely sour, but also a little bit sweet. Yeah. I always, sometimes whenever people hear the word escabeche, they're like, we're always like, yeah, that. And then I'm like, it's just means. It's a sour. marinade. Yeah. We, and you can put anything in it. Brucey, we used to do in the springtime, we would do like a rhubarb escabeche. We'd yeah. sometimes do fennel. Like you can really, basically the crux of it is to have sweet and sour and usually peppers in it. It's there delicious. So at Estella, they have an amazing mussels escabeche on toast. It's really, really good. There's mayo on the bottom. It's one of my favorite things of all time. I'm hungry right now. It's really good. Um, And my number one fave thing with mussels, I can't front. I mean, there's other things I dig. Oh, yeah. Like when I was thinking about this, we used to do a dish at Brucey that was so dope. And it was uh, just like steamed mussels that had like lavender butter. I'm like, that was really good. And peas. There's like something really nice about like a crunchy, like Mm -hmm. poppy, like pea or chickpeas with mussels. But if I have to be okay, honest, if I gotta be straight up, I really, really just love mussels marinara. It's muscles like for me marinara. the best. Yep. It's the best thing. It might be one of my very favorite Italian foods, hands down. I mean, I hadn't had it in a long time because actually, I'm gonna divulge a secret. I get a little bit. Um, I get a little. Bit. I get a little bit like nervous around eating uh, shellfish sometimes. Just because, like, if it's not treated correctly, I just, in the back of my mind, I'm always like, oh, I don't want to get a bad one. When I was in Ireland, there was apparently, everybody kept, t- oh, in Ireland, there's these uh, the kind of mussels. Like, Yarg! Really Pirate mussels! Pirate mussels. <laughs> yeah, go over to, I don't know, that was a combination of Dutch-Irish accent. <laughs> so I ate this one, and I knew it wasn't right, and I did it anyway. I was yeah. like, I'm in Ireland. I can do whatever I want. True. I have this Guinness, and I got food poisoning. And the next morning, I had to take a bus. Uh-oh. I had to take a plane. No. I had to take a train. Yikes. To the, to the Netherlands. Sure. With horror. Did you shit your pants on I the plane? I had number twosies. I had number doozies. <laughs> and number folks, doozies. this is not a joke. You can't write this. I was on the fr- I was in the airplane. And it was a short flight. Thank God. It was only like an hour. And there was no light in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> the ba- the bathroom light was broken. It was an easy jet, shocking. Yo. And I was in that bathroom, and I was just it was dark, complete darkness, and I was had to vomit and Lucky do other things. Lucky for the person after you. Oh my! They God. found the light, and they're like, ah! <laughs> I've never. And then I finally arrive to Holland, to Amsterdam or near Amsterdam, and I get off, and somebody was by the train station. They were doing. Somebody had like herring, like oh raw, no, and I could smell it, and it. Oh, oh God! But. A couple months later, I was back on muscles, and I'm yeah. Strong. And I don't, I don't feel proud of being nervous about eating shellfish, and it doesn't really stop me from eating it. But I always take pause. So I hadn't had muscles in a while, and we went to Bamonte's the other night. And I was like, you know what? I love their muscles marinara. I remember going one Christmas Eve with my dad when he was still alive, and uh, some they sent out an order of muscles marinara on the house as a gift. My dad didn't eat fish; he never ate any kind of seafood, so I had to eat an entire giant portion of mussels marinara on my own. And I was just like, man, they're so good here. Like, let's just get them. And everyone at the table was so pumped. My brother who had, it was his first time at Bamonte, yes. was like chowing down and we were like having so much fun. And like, 
I just used the shell to scoop up extra marinara. And he's like, I like your style. We really bonded over that. I'm like, it was great. So muscle marinara. muscles. Yeah. Well, listen, if you haven't already, I can't, I guess we can't express enough. Go right now and go to your fishmonger or somewhere that has good product and say, yeah. hey, we, wanna, we want one or two pounds of mussels and take them home and pop them in the cast iron and pour some white wine and garlic mm. in there and throw some nice crunchy salt and throw it over some toasted bread and you will not be disappointed. Yum. Mussels. Guys, listen, thank you so much. And shall we say hasta la muscle pasta? Hasta la linguine with mussels. Bye. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.